Thanks for joining us for worship. Due to the current COVID-19 measures, we're not able to gather in person. However, our communities need your support more than ever, and every offering is a blessed gift. Did you know that you can specify if you'd like your offering used for our local missions and services that go directly to help those in our community that need it the most? We'd like to thank each and every one of you whether you've donated time or treasure to keep our churches going through the current COVID-19 measures. If you'd like to send an offering, you can send it to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or mail 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, Canada, N4N1V6. Or you can send an offering to Harrison United Church by visiting harrisonunited.com and clicking the donate button or by mail at Harrison United Church, P.O. Box 298, Harrison, Ontario, Canada, N0G1Z0. Thank you so very much and God bless. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Friends, welcome to today's worship service from Grace United Church in Hanover. I am the Reverend McCall Cottrell. As you welcome us into your home, we welcome you into ours. To find out about the various events happening online at Grace United, including our book club, exercise groups, ukulele groups for children and for all ages, our Zoom dance parties, and more, please see our weekly email announcements or contact the church office. Throughout May, we are celebrating Asian Heritage Month in the United Church of Canada. Chinese and Japanese congregations took part in church union. Strong Korean and Filipino communities have taken shape since. The intercultural vitality of the church continues to expand today including through mutual recognition of ministries with the Presbyterian Church in the Republic of Korea and the United Church of Christ in the Philippines. And as we gather in worship today, we remember that for thousands of years, Indigenous people have walked on this land and that their relationship with this land is at the center of their lives and spirituality we recognize that we are all treaty people. At Grace United, we are part of Saugeen Treaty 45 and a half, and we are gathered on the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee, Ojibwe, Anishinaabek, and Métis people. We acknowledge the part the church has played in an ongoing history of colonization and oppression. We pray that God may ever lead us in building right relationships. Friends, come, let us worship together. May, May the, the light, light of Christ, Christ shine brightly in our lives and all around us. Amen. Amen. Let us join together in our call to worship and our opening prayer. We will follow your lead, O God, the choice of paths is before us, but you mark out the faithful one for us. 
we will follow your lead, O God. You show us the compassionate way and give us good companions for the journey. We will follow your lead, O God. In the moments of celebration, in the testing days, you are there for us. We will follow your lead, O God. For in Jesus Christ, you have shown us what it means to respond wholeheartedly to your leading. Amen. And let us pray together. Holy God, our source and our guide, on this day full of holy mystery, draw us together, open us to your presence, and inspire us for daily discipleship. Bless our worship, our community, and our lives. Amen. May is Asian Heritage Month, and today's reading is Imagine the Lake as an Ocean. Tina Colon reflects on the stream of emigration and activism that carried her from the Philippines to a community ministry in Toronto. With the start of the King Street Transit Pilot Project in Toronto, I discovered a new way to get to work. Even if it took an additional 15 minutes more than taking the tube, it was worth it to see a glimpse of Lake Ontario. Memories of Luenta Park at Manila Bay flood in as I watched the waters of the lake from the 504 streetcar, just after Wilson Park Road to the Queensway. 46 years can make me imagine a lake to be a Pacific Ocean. When I was 14, I noticed that almost all the boys in my class were missing. They were apprehended the night before and held up with other boys and young men on suspicion of sedation. High school was an interesting time where we mostly took to the streets in protest or in outdoor teach-ins of growing awareness about the extent that our government was acting as an Asian puppy dog to empire. At one of those sit-ins, a Canadian boy sang Un Canade Errant and spoke about the War Measures Act in his home country. The act later became the blueprint for the Declaration of Martial Law in my birth country in 1972. At the conferment ceremony to name the late Fernando Armazalio as the first national artist, my papa had a special seat as one of his students and asked me to accompany him so I could write about the event for my school newspaper. At the press scrum that was quickly put together in the lobby, I joined the journalist and asked, Mr. President, what exactly do you mean by sedation? In the silence that followed, the president smiled at me and said, Young lady, if a child that is yet to form in your womb should ever aspire to be the next president of the Philippines, that is sedation. Shortly afterwards, my family left for Canada, where I later became a candidate for ministry in the United Church of Canada. In conversation never meant to be overheard, a meeting of a United Church Committee on Candidates for Ministry was held in a private home, where an objection to my candidacy was made because I was not born in this country and could not possibly know how to speak Canadian English. That same year, in my summer internship, a man made several cryptic comics to me about his trip to Japan and his love for the Oriental massage. I was puzzled, wondering what this had to do with me and causing me to reflect on the suffering Japan had brought to my country and my family through their invasion and occupation in 1941 to 1945. The discussion evolved into an overt demands for massage and questions as to why I had no boyfriend. His behavior puzzled me, even as I ducked his advances in summer 
where I was becoming familiar with Canada's oil rig widows. He accused me of being a Toronto feminist. After the graduation ceremony where I received my Master of Divinity, another ceremony also took place, which was to unveil a portrait of Jeanne Calvin that was to hang in the lobby of the same college I had just graduated from, painted by my papa. Tina Cologne is the Davenport, Perth Community Minister in Shining Waters region of the United Church of Canada. Maria Christina, or Tina, immigrated from the Philippines in her late teens in 1972 and has been actively engaged as a community organizer in the communities where she has lived in Canada. She has worked in a variety of nonprofit, charitable, and developmental organizations and served both locally and internationally in community organizing, development, and advocacy. This is today's Mission for Service reading. COVID-19 impacts vulnerable sex workers. I lived there for nine days, and there were three young kids. I think they lived in the cul-de-sac I moved into. They kicked in my door. They beat me with a baseball bat. They smashed most of what I own, says Michaela, a 47-year-old transgender woman. My journey has been difficult. However, today those scars are symbols of my strength, not reminders of my pain. Those experiences have shaped the woman I have become and are the inspiration for my trans rights advocacy and activism efforts. After the brutal assault, Michaela turned to WISH, a mission and service partner for support. Located in Vancouver's downtown east side, WISH's goal is to improve the health, safety, and well-being of women who are involved in Vancouver's street-based sex trade. The vast majority of women WISH supports participate in the sex industry by choice. But choice is relative. Extreme poverty, lack of housing, trauma, mental health issues, stigma, violence, and more can limit the ability to choose. Systemic barriers mean that most are resorting to street-based sex work as a means of survival, says WISH. Everyone has felt the impacts of COVID-19, but vulnerable residents of Vancouver's downtown east side are hit especially hard. Every sex worker we support has experienced sudden total income loss. More women are turning to street-based sex work for the first time. There's increased violence. The closure of safe spaces and public facilities due to COVID-19 has left hundreds of people without the ability to social distance and without access to basic sanitation, WISH reports. To respond to rising needs, the Wishing Well initiative was launched to provide access to basic sanitation, including showers. A five-toilet washroom trailer and an outdoor safe respite area was added to their backlot. The MAP van, which provides outreach services to street-based sex workers, added a day shift. The drop-in centre expanded its hours. This is the first time in WISH's history that we have been able to keep our doors open during the day, something we hope we can continue for years to come. You've made a tremendous difference during these dire times. WISH thanks its supporters. Your gifts through mission and service provide non-judgmental support in safe spaces. Thank you for caring. Please join me in making giving to mission and service a regular part of your worship. And he said unto them, 
This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the Law of Moses, the Prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with the power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. While Jesus was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, blessing God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be blessed by God. As we moved along the line, looking down at the carefully measured out marks on the floor, I joked to my wife, Jessica, that it felt like we were at Disney World again. There was a similar excitement about it all. April 19th, 2021 is a day I'll never forget. It is the day that Jessica and I got our first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. For us, it meant a journey down to the University of Guelph. As I stood looking down at the marks on the floor, another emotion came over me. I realized that someone had to space out the marks on the floor. I was overcome with gratitude for everyone who was involved with the vaccination clinic, from the students directing cars in the parking lot, the security guards, the people who checked us in, those who helped direct us, and the nurses who were administering the vaccine. I felt grateful for the love and care of each of these people. This is God incarnate, I thought to myself, alive at work, alive and at work in so many people. They stare up at the empty sky into the silent, vacant mystery. Jesus is once again gone. Their experience with the resurrection, resurrected Jesus was just a brief moment. In the Gospel of Luke, the ascension marking Jesus' return to God occurs immediately after the Easter stories. With the resurrection still puzzling and inspiring the disciples, Jesus shares with all of the disciples the same message he told the two who had been walking to Emmaus earlier that day. He tells them about how his life, teachings, death, and resurrection, and soon his ascension are all part of the ancient promises of their faith. He tells them that they are witnesses to this truth and that soon he will send to them what God has promised, the Holy Spirit, and they will be clothed with power from on high. They are to stay in Jerusalem and wait, he instructs them. 
Next, we are told that Jesus blesses them, withdraws from them, and is carried into heaven. Once again, Jesus is gone, and they are left alone. They are left waiting. They are waiting for God's promise to be fulfilled and creation to be renewed in love, peace, and justice. They are waiting, waiting for the mysterious next chapter of being clothed in power from on high. They are left waiting, and they are left wondering. We know what it's like to be waiting. This pandemic, for many of us, has been a lesson in waiting. We are living in an in-between time. We are living with a lot of promises that have, come, that have not come to fulfillment. We are waiting and we are wondering. We are waiting for this pandemic to be over and wondering what will the world look like afterwards. Because we have learned that things cannot just go back to the way they were. The old normal doesn't work. Having faced injustices that left so many people vulnerable from this horrific disease because of age, ability, race, socioeconomic realities, and more, we know that we cannot go back to the way things were. Having experienced separation and isolation, we know that we cannot go back to a world where the everyday reality for so many was loneliness and pain. Having witnessed the impact of systemic racism that leads to death and suffering, we know that we cannot go back to a world where for many of us, it was easy to ignore the cries for justice. Jesus tells the disciples to stay in Jerusalem. He is telling them that they cannot scatter and go back home, back to the way things were before and forget or abandon all that they have experienced in their time with him. They are to stay and wait for what comes next. Like the disciples, we too cannot go back to life pre-pandemic. We have to stay in this moment, in this place waiting and wondering. We have to live in the in-between times where the promises of life and our faith have not come to full fruition. What do we do with an awareness of what no longer works and needs to be changed in our lives, homes, community, and world? What do we do with a faith that promises the renewing of all creation and love, peace, and justice, and we find ourselves waiting for God's promises to be fulfilled? We are left waiting, and we are left wondering. Scholars point out that the story found in Luke does not end with the verses we hear today. The Gospel of Luke has a second volume, the Acts of the Apostles, written by the same author or authors. The Ascension is the bridge between the two books, told in slightly different ways at the end of Luke and at the beginning of Acts. It marks the end of the Incarnation of God entering the world in Jesus. It marks the beginning of a new incarnation, God working in and through the lives of the disciples turned apostles. In Acts, the story continues with the arrival of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, 
The disciples will be clothed with power from on high. They will be empowered and equipped to go out and continue the ministry of Jesus in their lives. They will become the site of God's love incarnate in this world. But that part of the story is for next week as we celebrate Pentecost. For now, the disciples are waiting and wondering. The Gospel of Luke ends with a beautiful scene. Jesus blesses the disciples before he leaves them. When he is gone, they return to Jerusalem and we're told they are filled with joy. We are told that they are continually in the temple blessing God. In their waiting is joy, worship, and blessing. They've experienced the blessings of God, God's presence, the hope found in Christ's ministry, the promise of the vision of God being made known, all creation renewed in love, peace, and justice. As they wait, they worship. And in worshiping, they are nurtured in their relationship with God, making space for the coming of the Spirit to lead them to embodying Christ's ongoing ministry. Friends, we are people left waiting and wondering, waiting for an end to the pandemic, waiting for the day when injustice, racism, and prejudice is no more, waiting for a renewing of all creation in love, peace, and justice. In our waiting, we are invited to join the disciples in worship. Worship is not about escaping the pains of our lives or of this world. Worship is not an easy solution to complex problems of life. Worship is not a place where all the answers are found and all of our wounds are suddenly healed and life is made perfect. Worship is the place where we ground ourselves and prepare ourselves. Worship is the place where we look into the mystery and complexity of life and the universe and we find the loving core that we name God. Worship is a place where we reconnect with the ancient stories of our people who tell of God's great love alive in this world, transforming this world. Worship is the place where we remember that we are beloved children of God, blessed to be a blessing. Worship is the place where we seek to realign our lives with Jesus. Worship is where we reconnect with the promise that is alive in each one of us, that God is at work renewing all creation in love, peace, and justice, and that we are all part of this important work in this world. While we wait and while we wonder, we worship. We worship and we remember that God's Spirit meets us in the places where we are tired, worn out, aching, and uncertain. We worship and we dream holy dreams of what can be. Eventually, the day will come when this pandemic is over, when racism is fully confronted and systems are changed. Eventually, the day will come when no one is left vulnerable, suffering, silenced, or rejected because of age, ability, race, place of origin, sexual orientation, gender, or any other point of beautiful diversity. Eventually, the day will come when the face of creation will be renewed and love and peace and justice will be the way. For now, worship renews us and grounds us in this holy vision 
and sacred living. When I stood there waiting for my vaccination, taking in how much love and care was shared by so many, I felt overcome by emotions. It was because of my years of worshiping in community that I was able to glimpse the holiness of that moment and the inspiration of God speaking through the great outpouring of love that I was receiving. Each and every one of us are part of God's love story for creation. Each and every one of us continues to embody the life and teachings of Christ as we share God's love and help God renew this world. Each one of us is called to bear witness in our words and in our actions. Friends, let us worship God, and in our worship may our hearts be opened, our love expanded, and our lives empowered. Like the disciples, may we feel God's great love flowing through our lives, renewing us and leading us to take our place in the amazing things that God is doing right here and right now. Amen. Thanks be to God. Let us join together in prayer. Holy God, creator of all, ever-present, ever-leading, in Christ we encounter your presence among us. In your spirit, we feel you strengthening us for ministry. As we celebrate the ascension today, help us to remember all the ways in which Christ continues to be present, working in our world and working through each one of us. We give you thanks for the love that is shared, for the community of worship who joins alongside of us today, for all those who help us to continue this journey and inspire us to be a blessing to one another. We give you thanks for all the ways in which you empower us to be your loving presence in this world. Bless us, guide us, continue to challenge and encourage our church and help us to grow in your grace. In Jesus, we learn the full potential and possibility of how we can live together in community where old divisions and prejudices give way to welcoming, celebrating, and full inclusion. As we celebrate Asian Heritage Month, we lament anti-Asian racism and harassment, and we pray that we may work for healing, learning, and growing in relationship as we work to end racism. As we mark International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia, and Biphobia, we lament the long history of LGBTQ2IA people being dehumanized, rejected, and excluded in our society and in our churches. We lament ideologies and theologies that limit the breadth and depth of your humanity and cause suffering to so many. Help us to learn and grow in relationship as we work to end homophobia, transphobia, and biphobia. In you, O oh God, we find healing, healing that embraces the wounds and aching places of our lives, holds us in community, and offers us strength. We pray, O oh God, for all who are struggling through this pandemic, for all who feel lonely, isolated, or worn out, for all who are grieving what has been lost, 
for all who are struggling with the sacrifices we've had to make to protect ourselves and one another. We pray for all essential workers, for teachers, parents, and students, for those who support others, for healthcare workers, those helping to distribute and administer the vaccinations, those who are in charge of policy decisions. We pray for Dr. Ian Era and all who work in public health. We pray for all who are grieving the death of a loved one, for all who are waiting surgery, for all who are struggling with a diagnosis, for caregivers, families, and friends. And God, we offer to you our individual prayers. We pray all this in Jesus' name as we join together in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hello again, I'm Adam Olivero, and I am the chair of the Affirm Committee at Grace United Church in Hanover, Ontario. And here is your moment for Affirm. Rainbow Camp receives the Governor General's Award. Rainbow Camp provides campers with a safe space to be who they are without judgment. Chris Southen was lounging in front of a television and Harry Stewart was in the kitchen when they got a call from the Governor General's office. Over the phone, the couple learned that they had won an award for the Governor General, recognizing great Canadians for exceptional deeds that bring honour to our country. They received the honour for co-founding Rainbow Camp, based in Northern Ontario. Since 2012, the camp has welcomed young people of all sexual identities. It was unbelievable. We didn't even know we were nominated, says Stuart. We will receive the award in person when the pandemic lifts. I guess we'll need to buy a suit, he laughs. From the beginning, Mission and Service has supported Welcome Friend Association, which runs Rainbow Camp. Initially, we wanted to bridge the local LGBTQ community with area churches. We started the association, and then we launched the camp. We had no idea what we were doing at the time. Only one person on the board had camp experience, but we knew that young people would benefit, says Southern. Originally a one-week camp with 14 youths, Rainbow Camp now serves up to 50 youth each week for four weeks. Expansion plans are in the works. Over the next couple of years, Rainbow Camp will pilot on the east and west coasts. We had an invitation to duplicate the Rainbow Camp experience in Australia and the UK too. It's exciting, says Stuart. Above all, Rainbow Camp provides campers with a safe space to be who they are without any judgment. I'll never forget our first year camp. It was the second full day. A camper told us his mom had found a dress in his closet. He lied to her and said that it belonged to his girlfriend. He had brought the dress to camp and said he would like to wear it. High heels and sand don't mix, Stuart explains laughing, but the warmth, love, and compassion that camper received from everyone at camp was amazing. 
we tell all our staff, your job is to make sure that each and every camper has the best possible time at Rainbow Camp. Southern and Stuart say they want the camp experience to be memorable, fun, soul-searching, and supportive. We don't want any camper to feel afraid to be who they are. I think that's why so many now call it their home. Your generosity through mission and service supports safe and welcoming spaces like Rainbow Camp. Thank you. As we conclude this time of worship, may God bless us and keep us. May we feel God's love inspiring us and guiding us to be a blessing to one another and our whole world. Friends, let us go in love, let us go in peace, and let us go with God. Amen. Thanks for joining us for worship. Due to the current COVID-19 measures, we're not able to gather in person. However, our communities need your support more than ever, and every offering is a blessed gift. Did you know that you can specify if you'd like your offering used for our local missions and services that go directly to help those in our community that need it the most? We'd like to thank each and every one of you, whether you've donated time or treasure to keep our churches going through the current COVID-19 measures. If you'd like to send an offering, you can send it to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or mail 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, Canada, N4N1V6. Or you can send an offering to Harrison United Church by visiting harrisonunited.com and clicking the donate button or by mail at Harrison United Church, P.O. Box 298, Harrison, Ontario, Canada, N0G1Z0. Thank you so very much and God bless.